Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Okay, this is going to be fun. You want to know what it was like to book and deal with the 80s version of me? I mean, the cleanup was enough to never let us come back. We'll get to that later. But I got to tell you, he may not know it, but this man was a large part of my development. He gave me his stage to continue to learn while I was trying to figure out who I was as an artist. He treated us like we were family. His integrity, I'm telling you, was, I mean, it was a 10. From his hoop days growing up in Mississippi to opening and running this legendary cool Delta night spot, the iconic junction in Marks, Mississippi, then becoming a lawyer, then a judge, well, I'm thrilled to have my buddy on the phone, Grendel Roy. What's up, Grendel? Hey, Steve. Good to hear from you again. How's uh, how's my uh, one of my second homes doing there? You holding it down? Oh, man, this is, you know, I just love living here. It's just a great, great spot to be in. I, I don't have to tell you about the Mississippi Delta. They just take care of you. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, Grendel, I got to dig deep. Let's go back, uh, you know, I had heard about your basketball days, and don't be modest. You got to, you got to tell me what happened because, um, I mean, there was a lot of talk when we were growing up. I was younger, uh, not that much younger, but younger, and uh, and I heard so much about this kid in the Northwest playing, in Northwest Mississippi playing hoops. Where'd you grow up, and and was it just basketball? But just take me back to growing up in sports in general. Well, yeah, uh, uh, basketball was probably my uh, sport of choice. I played basketball and football. Both of them uh, signed a scholarship with Northwest, although I never played. But I, 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 I was uh, played against Archie Manning. <laughs> wow, what was yeah. that like? Oh, it was uh, Archie was uh, you know he could play anything, any sport. Uh, I was a uh, sophomore, I believe. Archie was a senior, and uh, yeah, it was joy watching him play. It was a lot of fun. Did you have to? Were you were you matched up against him? Look, I'll, let me tell you, the, the the game that we played them one game, and it was in district tournament, in which you get district, you move on to North Mississippi and then on to state championship. Archie, uh, the I didn't, I, I was on the bench at the time. I started my junior and senior year. Archie scored about thirty six of the 
40 points that <laughs> that Drew scored on us. And uh, the senior that was guarding him at the end of the game said, boy, that's a smart alley kid. And I said, no, nah, I thought he had good sport. He was really a very good sport. Good guy. Very athletic, though. And uh, I said, why do you say that? He said, he scored 36 points on me and told me I was the best defensive player he's played against all year. <laughs> I mean, think about 36 points back then. I mean, like, I mean, there's no three-point line, right? And you just – That's right, no three-point line. Man, he just – would you say that uh, – would it be a fair assessment to say he had the green light? <laughs> yeah, I would say he did. He had those bangs hanging out, those those red-headed bangs hanging out over his eyes. His wish of me to shoot that shot. And he was really – Really a great, great athlete. Well, I remember his basketball – I mean, his baseball, obviously, big baseball player and football, obviously, but uh, I never, I didn't know a lot about basketball. But I guess back then we all grew up playing all sports. We'd go from one pair of shoes to another, as one of my uh, later guests said, and I never thought of it that way, but we would. You know, we, we had to play everything because we were all in small schools. What school did you uh, attend growing up in? Uh, Marks. That, Marks uh, Elementary, Marks. Junior high and Mark's high school. All right, and then then and then uh did you guys back in the high school days, did you make a run by the time you were a senior? How'd you get noticed? I mean I know that whole you know, I know that region, northeast, northwest Mississippi for when I was a kid and growing up, I mean the Ingemars, the the Wheelers, the Thrashers, the you know, the Hickory Flats, oh, East Kempers, they were nuts. Uh, yeah, you know, uh we actually played uh Thrashers in North Mississippi, and uh, and they put a whooping on us. And uh, they were, they played. I believe they did not have a football team. I believe right, that's right. Back then was basketball. Right, and yeah, we learned about uh, those hill boys and how they could play. They they put it on us. You, you know, it's funny, Grendel. We would go when we made North State uh, last couple of years, and we had this incredible. When we were juniors, we had our version of Archie named Walter Howard, and Walter was special. He was ranked number one in the state in tennis. Uh, in one baseball game, he had five home runs. He gave that gave baseball up for tennis, but in basketball, he would score 30-something a game, and they would run a triangle, everybody, because they knew he was the only one that was going to get mm-hmm. to shoot. And uh, But it was amazing. When we went up to our first year and we made, qualified for North State, we played Wheeler, and then we saw Thrasher. And – and it was like everybody stood up in the gym when there was a timeout, and you just kind of look up, and the entire and they would wear it like uh, Wheeler was in a sea of red, you know, and uh, it was amazing because it, we had never experienced that, you know. It was like they took basketball. Uh, it was like you were in Indiana or something, you know. You're watching I Hoosiers. I knew I knew we were in trouble <laughs> when they come out and started shooting layups, warming up for the game. And every time they, they 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 made a layup, the stands would go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to cheer for them for shooting layups, warming up, we are in trouble. <laughs> Fans make a difference. We're talking to Grendel Roy. So Grendel, what where'd you play? What what number one, two, three, four, five? Where were you? I was a three three guard. Did you three shoot? Three guard. They swapped me up. Maybe put me in. We're going to talk about some of the things I witnessed. I think I witnessed uh, back and your strength. But I mean, like, were you a, were you slender back then? Did you? Yeah, those. Let me tell you, back then, uh, I was so small, skinny, 
they had to give me a basketball just to keep up with me. Come on. I can't so, believe uh, <laughs> nah, I, I weighed like about 175 pounds, maybe. Six, six, three and a half, weighed about 100, 100 and, uh, 175 pounds. I think that's about what I was. It's amazing because back in the day, you didn't – we weren't working out, right? You weren't getting on weights and all that stuff. You were just sort of just growing, get, if, eating and that's growing, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never worked. I started working out on weights later on in life, but when I was young, and then around that age, and whenever I started getting in the uh, club business and all, yeah, I put on. Oh, I got up to probably two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty pounds, and it wasn't. I don't know. I don't. I, good Lord bless me with with some meat on because I needed it when I was running that club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to stall because, you know, the funny thing was this interview started with I started getting requests and I got a bunch of requests. You got to interview Grendel Roy and about your days at the junction. And I'm going like, man, this could be like we could talk about this for a month. And a lot of stuff we really can't talk about, probably. But uh, that's how all this got started. All right, Grendel, let's talk about let's just dig into it. Okay, wait, first, first, before we go off, where'd you go to college? Well, you, are you talking about Northwest? I, you went to Northwest, yeah, right? Yeah, I went and to then, Northwest. Well, I actually, you know, right out of high school, I went to Northwest, and uh, I didn't know, I really did not know at the time, Steve, how much fun you could have your freshman <laughs> year of college. And yeah. I ended up going to Northwest so long, they could have named my dormitory after <laughs> But uh, at some point in time, I, they told me, uh, you know, I need to go find me another school to go to. They everything they could and I didn't want to learn that <laughs> and that's actually when I opened the club up now you can hear that train can't you Steve I can hear the train baby I can hear that, it. it well that that's not Amtrak but you know that's a that's, it's moving. that's the same track that the junction was on there on Main Street yeah we used to hear, feel it shaking when it rolled through <laughs> was, the whole club would shake that's <laughs> right yes that is right <laughs> So, so you go, but but now you become a lawyer. So you have to get enough schooling in. When did all the school take place? Yeah, well, I actually went one semester to the state and then transferred to uh, Ole Miss. But uh, Steve, I believe that's about the time you guys started playing in the club. I didn't know you so, were studying at the time. Yeah, I, I believe I would be at the doors. I may have been in law school by that time. But whenever I went back to school to be serious, you know, and, and try try to go to law school uh it was later on it would have been uh definitely after the 1980s after the big junction the big junction was opened up yeah and then i went to old miss i went to old miss i graduated from old miss and then went straight in the that that summer to uh to uh, old miss law school i love it okay but before we get to law school so i remember all this and i remember why you went to law school. I remember you as clear as a bell, you telling me uh, why you were going to law school. And we were experiencing a little trouble at the end of at the end of shows. And, and uh, the, there was a lot of roadblocks. And we're going to get we're going to get to those roadblocks. <laughs> and all the police officers and Howard Patrolman you ended up becoming buddies with because they had to. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about all that in, in a minute. But we're in a Mississippi Minute with my man, Grendel Roy. We're going to be right back. In a 
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar, we're with my man Grendel Roy, who was one of the stars, made a star moment in my Waiting On Joe video uh, when he bust through the door. And everybody thought that, where'd you get that actor? Was he from Hollywood that didn't know my man Grendel Roy? But I, I said, man, Grendel, Grendel can put it on. So, Grendel, let's talk about the whole vision of the junction. So, for people that don't know the junction, it was this cool, long, I mean, the, it wasn't wide, it was deep and long. And the railroad tracks ran adjacent to it. And we crossed tracks, come park, and the place was rowdy and packed and the first person you'd see at the door was Grendel tall thick red-headed and could pick two people up with one, each arm and drag them out if there was a fight and there was a lot of fights but we'll get to the fights later as well there's so many things that's running through my mind right now because there's so many memories but let's talk about the inspiration so you're going to college you're experiencing the entire northwest of Mississippi heading in then into Oxford and in the meanwhile, you decide to open a club. I mean, where where did all this come from? Where was the vision? You, you, uh, uh, Steve, I, I would like to say that that I was a smart businessman and entrepreneur, but <laughs> I I just dropped out of school and decided to open one. And it was just the timing was perfect because uh, just lucky. I was just lucky. I, we, uh, for one thing, uh, this was like in the mid seventies. This is not. I didn't have. I didn't open the big junction, which you're familiar with, until nineteen eighty. In the mid seventies, uh, I was able to get these great bands because at the time, Memphis was. They were in the disco, and these great bands weren't getting gigs. And I was able to get them for a song and. I got the reputation in the smaller, the smaller junction of getting some great bands and started getting a draw, and I had to move that bigger one, and the, which is across the uh, railroad tracks. And, and for those that don't know, Marks is, I mean, you bad now, you go through Marks. It's just very, very small. We're, we drew from, uh, we were drawing from as far north as, as uh, Memphis and as far south as, as you know, Greenville and Jackson. And uh, we were advertising on all these radio stations, and I had a. We were on the concert calendar, Rock 103 there in Memphis, and uh, yeah. And and so I had to move. I had, my venue was too small, and so I moved to the one you're familiar with, which is the one everybody really, really relates to, which which was about forty feet wide, the old wholesale warehouse. Yeah, it was about forty feet wide, but the thing was long as a football field. It was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and so it was rustic. We we didn't do a whole lot of work on it other than put it in a long bar that we could service everybody. And uh, yeah, that's and that, that's how I got to the big club. How many people did the other club hold before you had to move? Well, you know, I mean, we we didn't have a fire marshal that was very active, so we got away with a lot of stuff. But I believe you you put two hundred people in that thing. They would not be able to walk. And I, 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 let, let me let me let me change it. Probably a hundred, a hundred. But I was getting two hundred. I was putting two hundred in in that one. Of course, the big one. I mean, I've I've had a bunch of people come through the door on that. You were talking about Marks, Mississippi, which was sort of a in the center of there was Northwest. There was Ole Miss. 
There was Delta State. You had those universities that you could draw from. And then there was Clarksdale. There was Cleveland. There was Greenville. There was Batesville. You know, there was uh, up and around the Hernando, Senatobi area, whatever. People would come in and converge in one place, and it was the junction in Marks, Mississippi. We were able to put these great bands in there, you know. And uh, to be live in a small town, it's hard, hard to imagine growing up in Marks, Mississippi and not, not thinking of that club. I don't know no. how it could have been Marks, Mississippi without it. Well, I, I've never heard the, the town Marks, Mississippi mentioned without mentioning the junction and then mentioning Grendel. <laughs> you know, for I know the funny thing, too, is Grendel. We're talking to Grendel Roy. I didn't even know you had a last name. I don't know when. I I think maybe in the credits of the Wait Known Joe video, I said, Grendel's got a last name. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Or your daughter, which was smoking and, and killing it in basketball, taking after her dad, actually really lighting it up. <laughs> Defin- right. Definitely the one that was shooting. Uh, I, I saw her name in, in lights one time in the paper and I, or wherever it was, and I'll go, oh, my God, Grand, that's right, that's Roy. <laughs> well, Steve, now, now, just to make, straighten everybody out on it, you know, Grendel, my mama wouldn't have done that to me. Grendel is not my real name. It's a nickname. All right, so what's your real name? My real name's like I need one. My real name's Robert, so my real name's Rob Roy, and then like wow. I need a nickname, but. They, I got tagged with who I was in ninth grade. I'm never See, calling you, Rob. Bell Wolf, and I, I got tagged. I would never, never intro, or, or I'm not going to even respond to that. I can't. That would just totally throw me off. Oh, if you call me Robert, I'll probably think you're a bill collector anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so your mail, does it come Rob, Robert, or does it? Well, I get some mail, uh, Robert, utility bills, that type of thing. But if I get, my, you know, the judges, the attorneys, they yeah. all call me Grendel, yeah. Yeah, okay, good, okay, good. That's That makes me feel better. We're talking to Grendel Roy. Grendel, the, do you think that you had sort of a knack looking back at being able to pick talent? Once they came and played, and obviously you saw the people coming, um, did, the, did the bands draw or did the club draw? Or was it a combination of the both? And then, like I said, the first question is, did you feel like, looking back, that you had this knack for picking, you know, the next big thing in our area? Well, maybe, yeah, I, I, maybe so. But I think more I probably had a knack of hearing what was bad and not getting them, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I, in, in the early uh, years of the junction, I would go listen to just about every one of these bands. Except, you know, I'd have some, like, remember Eli? Yeah. Big, big groups. Yeah. Snow, uh, Target, which had Jimmy Jameson, yeah. who went on to play for uh, Survivor. For Survivor, that's right. right. And uh, and then you guys, uh, of course. Uh, Mark Colley, right? Oh, well, yeah, Mark. Now, I'm, now what, I'm not talking about Mark that wasn't a big production, you know. You guys were a big, big production. Mark uh, was just. <laughs> Uh, he knows. He doesn't tell you how. By the way, I talked to him oh, earlier this week. It. But Mark uh, was for those who don't know. Mark had a couple of hits. About, when was it? about even the man in the moon 90s. is crying. But I'm excuse me. Later eighties. Even the man in the moon is crying was his big Woo, hit. Yeah. It was a big hit. So, so anyway, so uh, Mark uh, was more of a smaller. Production. They just they just were very very good, but didn't have the big light show and all that like these other guys did. But I I went and listened to Mark and them before I booked them, and they were yeah I knew they would go. Where, where was Mark from? Mark was recently from uh, I pronounced it right Harlan County, uh, Beach Creek. 
<laughs> I mean, Hardman County, in Tennessee, uh, it's not far from Memphis, and he kind of he kind of uh, calls Memphis probably would call it his old home, also. Right, right. Well, I mean, I mean, he was making hits when I finally got to Nashville. All right, what about Creed? Because I heard word that Creed. Did those guys play one night with us, or or some of the guys, or or am I dreaming that? Maybe I don't know, but but Creed, Creed was my Steve Azar band before you guys got there. Y'all were my go-to band. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, well, you were, and that, man, now you know the crowds we had, how much fun that was. But Creed, what was? Oh my gracious, they probably played several years, and they were coming in almost once ever month every six weeks and of course they the creed had a, a i think maybe a top 20 chart hit uh, oh they had some big 40, hits maybe right called firecracker yeah and uh, yeah they're great band yeah great band so this is just an example so for people that don't that are listening there are people listening like in new york or la or whatever i just i'm just boston i'm big cities you have no idea the town of marks two thousand people is that right grendel are we uh, yeah, two thousand probably is less than twenty five hundred. Yes, glued it's glued and attached to Lambert, and then uh, it's it's down Highway Three. I've even got a song called "The Junction" that I wrote, and uh, I don't even know if I ever played it for you, but I did record it when I it just never made one of my records. Uh, but uh, the the entire I got to find it and get it to you because <laughs> okay. it's just it's uh, it's exact and precise because <laughs> the memory was so vivid in my mind and when i went to nashville to, to finally start doing writing deals i was able to articulate i guess i mean it was the closest thing to me were these memories and i was still coming back and playing and i just feel like like i said in the intro it was the most important club and venue for me to learn how what not to do and also, you just gave me the, the avenue just to have fun. And that's all we were doing while I was trying to figure it out. And we just happened to have hundreds and hundreds of people that would show up and have the equal amount of fun, sometimes too much. And we're going to get to that in the next segment. But Grendel, since you are a music guy, you get to play DJ. We are the birthplace of American music. I know you know all about it. You have celebrated it. You have been a part of it. So would you like to hear the North Mississippi All-Stars or Conway Twitty? Oh, Conway Twitty. Or the North Mississippi All-Stars. Maybe give me hello, darling. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little Conway. We're talking to Grendel Roy. He's in Marks, Mississippi. He's probably got a court appearance where he's probably judging uh, uh, some pretty crazy crime. But uh, I've taken him away from that right now. You're in a Mississippi Minute because that's how we roll. We'll be right back. Goodbye, darling. Got to go now. Got to try to find a way. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball with the game on the line. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with Grendel Roy, Rob Roy, which totally is messing with me right now. I can't, can't even fathom. I can't wrap my brain around it. We're in a Mississippi Minute, and, uh, and nobody deserves to be in an entire Mississippi Minute more than Grendel. He actually should get overtime. 
Grendel, uh, the sprinkler. People that knew me after the hits that never knew the sprinkler. <laughs> this was the damage to the club. Thank goodness you didn't do much to it because you would have never had us back. I remember back then, people, you didn't really sell water. Nobody sold bottled water back then, right? It was just beer. Yeah, no, no, we didn't have bottled water. We didn't have bottled water. But people would buy extra beer. Now, this started out as a crazy song that I wrote in Key West, Florida. I came back and played it with my band at a FIMU uh, Delta State, uh, like a party. Some, they All of a sudden, everybody started doing it. And then the sprinkler dance, everybody had their own version. And then all of a sudden, somebody there saw me at another college. Next thing you know, I'm at Arkansas. I'm at LSU. I'm at Mississippi State. I'm, at Ole Miss, I'm all over the place. So we used to have this song. And people started to show up. They called themselves the Soaking Crew. And the Soaking Crew would show up in rain suits and stuff. They knew every word. Now, I know I'm talking, but from your perspective, how much extra beer did you sell? And you would ask me to do the song three times so you'd sell more beer. Uh, and the, <laughs> the, the floor would be uh, flooded. So from your perspective as a club owner, tell me about why you allowed me to do that. I know the money part, but versus the cleanup, was it worth it? On the side of one of your vans, it was called the Sprinkler Tour. Yeah, get wet with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, look, I, I knew you had a song out there called The Sprinkler, but you were, you were one of the few bands I, I talked about that I did not go and listen to before I booked you guys because I just had so many people come when you're going to get Steve Azar band in. And that was kind of like how I got Creed, when you're going to get Creed in. Wow. And, uh, and I heard about the song, but I didn't. It, it caught me by surprise first time. And, but the, somehow y'all were given given the, that, uh, what you call them, the wet crowd, you telling them uh, that the song six to come up because <laughs> I would get a, just a rush on the bar, everybody getting a beer, getting the cheapest one they could find, you know, <laughs> that was sell. I think they had, uh, no, I'm not going to call the brand now. But anyway, they would, uh, they would show, they would, it would be lined up. I would go through, there would be a hundred people on that dance floor, so you're looking three, four cases of beer. <laughs> And, and nobody drinking at, it. <laughs> yeah, and I got my, 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 one of my waitress coming up and says, Grundley, you going to allow that? And I'm looking out there, and all I can see is a, a shower of <laughs> something. And you can see them, everybody had that had the wrist up, twirling around like a sprinkling head, beer shaped up, is going everywhere. <laughs> and I said, man, I'm get, somebody's, somebody's going to get in a fight. Yeah. There's going to be a fight over this. this is, but nobody, it never happened. Not one time did y'all ever do that song that anybody got mad that I saw. I didn't understand and, uh, it. <laughs> it was really weird. And uh, and so I, I, I gave it a little thought, and I told, uh, you know, we were selling those beers. We were making a couple of dollars a beer off them beers. I said, man, he ain't playing that song enough. <laughs> I just, I'm just cracking up right now because you never saw it from – you saw it from behind. So you saw everybody's backs and on everybody dancing and all that. And then there were all the other songs and they all had dances to them. So everybody was, you know, we were all together. But if you if you came on that dance floor, you knew what you were going to have to deal with. And I think that everybody was warned because there were places we played in other venues that fights did break out. And I think that also everybody knew if a fight, bro a fight broke out, they had to deal with you. And nobody wanted to deal with you, so or nobody could, and so I think that that played and you know played into the hand of it all. But from my perspective and watching everybody, 
it started out as a dance with your hands and then it ended up i don't know who the first person that ever started to spray the you know sp- the the beer everywhere but then that the, after the first person did it it just became an epidemic yeah and that's really strange too when you think about it because the first person i'd have figured he'd got mauled for drugs. <laughs> But it, 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 what you're saying is true. I, that's, that was very odd phenomena. It sure was. Yeah. Well, so let me tell you, you'll love this. This is what this is what's so great. I was in Fargo. I had my first hit with "I Don't Have to Be Me Till Monday," and I was on the radio. And they, I had, I was on the whole morning show there, and we had a show that night. So I'm in Fargo, North Dakota, and nothing like the movie, by the way. Really charming town and all that. But I, I go and I get a call, and somebody goes. Hey, are you the Steve Azar that we used to do the sprinkler to? <laughs> and they're in Fargo. And I'm going like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so, and they go, well, there was a, there was a Steve Azar that did, and, but it was more rock and it was this and, and, uh, but you know, you're on the country radio. So I guess you just have somebody's name. And I said, and I start playing it while I'm talking to him. Right. And, and he goes, well, uh, that, 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 that sounds like it. And I go. I don't know what you're talking about. So I started singing a little bit and the guy was just like so excited. He came that night to the show and he was hugging all over me and I remembered his face and I was like going, I, I can't remember his name right now. And I hate that because when he said it, I, I should have remembered, but he wasn't one of the regular regulars, but I, I remembered his face. So, uh, it was so funny that that song carried it all the way. And then one day Gwen and I were watching the today show or maybe it was, it was one of the big ones. And somebody started talking about going to a club down in Mississippi, and we used to do this thing. And I remember going and doing this thing called the sprinkler, and we're going like, "That's me," you know. And so this is before hits, so we were like going like, "Man, people know us." <laughs> and so it was so crazy. But uh, the song travels, let me tell you. And for, and everybody keeps going. We got to go back and do the Junction again, and we got to do all those old songs and get the old band back together. And I'm going like, I think if we did that, everybody would realize they would go, "What was wrong with us?" I think it was a time where we had to just go, let's rely on the memory and don't try to relive it. And I don't even think we could, uh, Grendel, well, we I don't did, think that we, we could did, handle we it. We did a reunion. We did a reunion. About, you were there. Yeah, but now I'm talking about now. I mean, that reunion was no, that, that no, reunion was a right. long time ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah, if we did it now at our age, uh, somebody would die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're talking about the spring fest for sure. Now, okay, yeah. the the night that we, the, I think that we did the reunion, or, or it may have been a New Year's Eve night, I watched some of the ceiling fall and a nail go in a girl's head. And then the guy pulls the nail out, and he starts pouring beer in it, and she just keeps going. So I don't know if she's still alive or not. Or yeah, You never got any lawsuits when it came to uh, to such damage, did you? No, no. I saw no, that. I never, never, not one time. And that was, I guess that's probably surprising. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's so so crazy, but no, not at all. Not even come. No one even called and complained about it. I love it. We're talking to Grendel Roy. Okay, Grendel, I remember now. We'll get, let's get to your current life. I remember you saying, Steve, the Highway Patrol. They're 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 doing a lot of roadblocks at night, and we were part of all that. We had to do it. We we, we experienced that. And I remember you going like, I said, well, what are you going to do? He goes, I go, I feel like I got a couple years of income. I'm going to go to law school. 
And I remember that, and I remember where I was standing in your club, right at the intro, at the, at the entry, uh, entrance. And I remember going like, come on, Grandel, what are you talking about? But not only did you become a lawyer, you became the judge, where probably a lot of those guys that were shutting you down either had to become your best friend because they probably had to go to court, <laughs> right? Did you ever experience, uh, what do you call it? It's called karma? No, no. I, 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 I joke about it that that was one of the hardest jobs I ever had because, you know, I closed the uh, junction up in 1991, and I graduated from law school in 1991, and I was appointed city judge at the same town of Mark in 1991. And shortly, in, in, in 1991, it was election year, and I got appointed attorney for the county board of supervisors, and I've still got both of those jobs. And, uh, <laughs> and I tell folks that the, the city city job was a tough job because have folks come in front of me have sent me through law school. That's really not true, but <laughs> I, I say that if I experienced karma, it was good karma. Steve. I, right. The, these folks embraced me, and being on that club all that time, you'd think that the last thing you'd pick is a bar owner to be their judge, and uh, it's just. It's Mississippi, and especially, you know, Mississippi Delta here. We take care of our own, and as I've been very, very lucky in that area. Well, well, the area is lucky that you stayed. I mean, that's yeah. the deal. Towns lose a lot of uh, key people uh, due to jobs or one thing or another, but you move back home, uh, and even after becoming a lawyer, you could have gone anywhere. Yeah, and, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, the what? When I got appointed uh, attorney for the Board of Supervisors, our first seminar down in Jackson, they have a little legislative thing where all the the, the state leaders meet with the board, board of Supervisors. And our president of the board got down there and uh, was talking to one of our one of our one of our leaders, state leaders, and he said, uh, "What happened to that club down there?" And that big old boy, a big old redhead fella, ran that club. And he said, oh, my president of said, oh, we shut him down, hired him as our attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. That's the funniest thing. With my man, Grendel Roy, we're in a Mississippi Minute. We're going to be right back. Yeah, baby, I come on me good. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Flying down that levee road, trying to see how fast you go. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with Grendel Roy. Grendel, uh, raising kids, single parent. Even when, obviously, I didn't have that challenge, and Gwen's been incredible, and we, and she's done a great job. I was gone. I've been gone so much of my life. Uh, probably that's best for her because she's probably can't, I have to be taken in low dose, low dosage. But, but seriously, um, when I had started having kids and they started to go older, I wanted to see them grow up first of all, and I also wanted to be proud of me. And I also think that's when I focused in and became a much better songwriter because I didn't have a choice. Gwen was going to ride it out with me no matter where I went, but the kids may have left me. 
because <laughs> you know so i wanted to i wanted to do it for them too because it just gave me more of a reason and more of a a motivation uh to get there i raised my children as a, when they were just toddlers you know and uh and they were getting a little older old enough to understand that you know daddy owns a beer joint and uh <laughs> and i just it, I needed to do something different, you know. But back back then, whenever they did the uh, the, the drinking age, it made me think of something. You know, I I had uh, the drinking age. I had a group called the B Flats. They were local. Group. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, and so the B Flats were playing, and that the night before the drinking age was going uh, up to twenty one. And so it was, uh, that was on a Wednesday. You remember my Wednesday nights? That was whenever I was booking, I, I was getting all these, the, the college kids were coming. And so uh, I go and I talk to our city attorney and ask me, you know, what's the deal on, uh, what if I, I let them have one last party on Tuesday night instead of Wednesday? And they said, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fine. <laughs> and uh, those kids, or in that, and just imagine all these college kids in that club, and they're standing on those old tables. I, I built those tables myself, you know. They're standing on those tables, and it's like a basketball game where the referee had made a bad call. I'm not going to tell you what they were chanting, but they were chanting in unison. <laughs> and it was, uh, anyway, you can imagine what it was coming out of their mouths about, about the drinking age. About the drinking age. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of things that came out of a lot of people's mouths that we don't need to repeat that need to stay oh, locked, locked right. up against those railroad tracks. We're talking to Grendel Roy. Grendel, uh, <clears throat> tell me what the plan is. Are we going to – somebody said, you and Grendel ought to open the junction again when we were at the Amtrak, sort of the debut, the grand opening, whatever, when they stopped. Yeah, was, we had Senator Wicker there, and you was that big crowd there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Craig Ray and I, we all got up there. I played, and uh, I was going to play my song, This Train, but because uh, Joe wanted me to – Oh, it would have gotten crazy. Senator Wicker would have had water at Craig Ray and then would have gone, what is going on? There would have been some people. Uh, well, maybe that would have been the time a fight actually broke out. Because <laughs> there were too many faces we didn't know. But let's talk about that and how it's going to, you feel like it's going to help the economy. Uh, people are going to have to come there. You know, Ole Miss students, you think about people, you know, going to their homes. People are coming into Ole Miss now from everywhere. So uh, are you seeing that uh, make a difference already, that stop? Amtrak, well, we're, we, uh, we got some things going on here. We're trying to make our own marketing thing with uh, doing some tourism because there's a lot of civil rights things that went on that Quinlan uh, County and Marks is very, very popular for. And we're trying to maybe build around that. And uh, we've got uh, already putting a little museum across the street I think that's what it's going to be uh, regarding Quitman County, right from Amtrak. And, uh, yeah, we're building a lot of stuff around that. And, look, we're, we're, we are really dirt poor county, you know. And so we, we, we really have to uh, try to make our own. I think we're doing a good job with that. I believe Amtrak has a lot to do with what we're trying to do. I love it. Well, Grendel, I'm going to tell you what, you're not poor in spirit. And no, none of our people are down here, and uh, that's right. And it's a it's a magical thing when the value is the human spirit, and we're rich as it gets. And it's people like you that I've gotten to know, and you have no idea uh, how much you meant to me and to my family and to my 
into my craft. I mean, it just you, you and so many others that we've talked about. But I'm glad I finally got to say it in public. And I uh, hope our listeners, uh, if they ever drive through Marks, Mississippi, just find the railroad track, find this long, <laughs> narrow building and just go in and go. I have been to the junction. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. Good. I know you got to go play law. <laughs> thank you for taking a Mississippi minute with me, brother. And uh, I can't wait to to, to see you and uh, get together. But thank, thanks a whole lot for taking the time. Thank you, Steve. We've been in a Mississippi Minute. That's the great Grendel Roy, and I'm out of here later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.